You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extras, the Colorado Rockies. This is a very big treat, everybody. I'm Allison Footer from MLB.com, and I'm here live and in person, and we've been looking forward to this for many, many, many weeks. Oh, wait, wait. We're Right now, we're actually taking a selfie as we are recording this. Okay, one, two, three. Cheese. Okay, so... I'm here with Thomas Harding, who is uh, traveling with the Rockies, and he's in Houston, Texas, where I live. And so we are standing here looking at each other and having this conversation. So, Thomas, how are you? I feel good. I feel clean. I am so happy to see you. So happy to see you. I am happy to see you, too. So let's talk about the Rockies, who are... um, Kind of up and down and here and there, but one very steady person in this organization this year and throughout his career is Jorge De La Rosa, who recently became the franchise leader with 73 career wins, um, which surpasses Aaron Cook. So uh, that is a significant thing for a Rockies pitcher to have longevity in the organization and to have this kind of success. Yes, and he did it without growing up in the organization. He bounced around with several organizations, the Diamondbacks, the Red Sox, the Brewers, before getting here, even pitched a little bit in the Mexican League. But he found a home in Denver, and not only that, but twice he has re-upped signing contracts with them. That is really rare for a guy to come here from other places and love it and stay. But I'll tell you what, they really, the Rockies really unlocked a lot of potential with him. Bob Apodaca, the pitching coach, he had had some familiarity with him in Milwaukee, and I think he and and he was able to get some things out of him. He knew him pretty well, and also they had a sports psychologist who's no longer with them, Ron Svedich, and what he did was talk to him about just the mental control on the mound, and he would sometimes lose his temper during games. Well. Jorge had always wanted that type of training, but the problem was all that stuff was in English. And you know, he grew up in Mexico, and he, while he speaks English well, it's his second language. Now, at one point, his wife looked at all of the materials and translated them to English. And really? Jorge was able to develop, hey, this, this will work for me, the stepping back, the breathing exercises. And he really started to take off about his second year in the organization. Wow, okay, so it's, do they do this with any other pitchers? I mean, is this a, re- a regular practice with some other guys? Yeah, they do it all throughout the minor league system. There's a, there's, there's a new gentleman who's working with the guys, Andy McKay. Um, he is working with some of the pitchers who have been up in the majors and also throughout the minor league system. But back then, it was a guy named Ron Svedich, and he was brought in by Clint Hurdle. Clint actually had him travel with the team for one season just to try to look and see if there are different things that could be done about the home road performance issue. But those things work, and I think every organization does it. Some organizations talk about it more than others, but it's my understanding that just about everyone has that type of person. Interesting. Um, so, and also, I mean, he's uh, De La Rosa. He's not just stumbled into these wins by luck. Four and zero with a two fifty six in his last five games. So he's actually pitching really well. Yes, uh, and I think we talked about it early when he was injured during spring training. Uh, last year, he got off to a horrible start. He was actually feeling too good. And he got off to a horrible start, and when his thumb started hurting and his back started hurting, he really pitched well. He tends to struggle early, but usually there's something going on with him physically, and that's when he pitches at his best. So um, he says that it helps him not feeling 100% because it just makes him focus mentally. Interesting. Okay, so let's talk about some other good performers. Troy Tulowitzki, so of course... Um, it's kind of what we expect from him, but we can 
keep the accolades on him a little bit because since May 29th entering this game that we are about to watch between the Rockies and the Astros, this is being recorded on Tuesday. Tuesday? Today is Tuesday, yes. Uh, so uh, hitting 407 um, since May 29th, hitting safely in uh, 13 of 14 games. So he's uh, kind of rolling and he's the same old Tulo that we're used to. Uh, yes, and you, usually that happens um, when, when a guy is still in the prime of his career and he struggles a bit, usually you expect it to happen at some point. With him, he wasn't seeing breaking pitches out of the pitcher's hands, and you could tell because he was missing the same pitch from right-handers that he was missing from left-handers, and it was the breaking ball that was either down and in and down and away. Once he got that situated, he was he, he's been able to hit. And what you're going to see, when especially when he turns hot, is not only as counts go does he hit the ball hard, but he will jump on some pitches early in counts, especially if, if pitchers are feeling, hey, I can't get him to chase my curveball or my slider. Let me try to sneak a fastball by him. That's where that, that's where he excels. He's one of the best first pitch hitters in the game. So you're starting to see all of it come into play for him. And uh, is this uh, is this an obvious question, but is he the all-star? I mean, we're, we're entering the period of where the all-star team is sort of maybe taking shape a little bit, and is, would he be the Rockies representative in the all-star game? I don't really think so, really? and I'll tell you why, because of the years that Nolan Arenado and DJ LeMahieu are having offensively and defensively. I mean, uh, it would be hard to send a team that's in the bottom of the division three guys to the All-Star game, right. and right now I see, from a consistency standpoint, DJ and Nolan ahead of him. Now, if he continues to go crazy, he could end up in the All-Star game because of the reputation and, and uh, the ability that he's shown over a number of years. And if you want to pick the most talented shortstop, it would be hard not to pick him. But when I watch uh, the performance this year, I think that DJ LeMayhew and Nolan Arenado deserve to go to the All-Star game first on my ballot. Okay, so now we need to talk about what is going on in American League voting. And this is, uh, I don't know that anybody can really figure this out. Okay, so I have my, uh, what I'm referring to is the fact that the Kansas City Royals are basically dominating at every position in voting, which means that the Kansas City fans are voting in droves. Um, this is the first year that they have not had paper balloting and in-stadium balloting, so it's all online. And there have been some recent articles that have come out that our fearless leader, Mr. Bob Bowman, who uh, runs the operation at MLB.com, says that there is nothing, uh, you know, funny going on as far as from a technology standpoint and, and where, uh, you know, the votes are or there's something coming out of Kansas City, you know, everything like that. So what do you think about that? And the fact that, you know, there, I mean, the Royals who run the AL pennant, so there are a lot of very um, deserving guys to go to the All-Star game, but not the entire starting lineup, and that's what's happening. So what do you make of all this? First of all, this is a fan voting contest. Fans love their guys. Let them vote. Let me ask you a question here, and to the people who think this is a total travesty. There are years that Boston Red Sox or New York Yankees go to the All-Star Games that probably there's someone in a smaller market who deserves to go over them. I mean, the Kansas City Royals, they went to the World Series last year and people act like those guys just snuck into someone else's party. It's almost as if a lot of the small market teams are here just to give the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers and the Giants somebody to play against. So if their fans want to stand up and say, hey, wait a minute, we want to be heard. We don't want to be ignored out there then I am more than happy for them. I mean, I've, I've known some Kansas City Royals fans, and they love that team. Uh, they remind me a lot of the Pittsburgh Pirates, a team yes. that I grew up um, following, also the Cincinnati Reds, where they have very loyal fan bases, but 
And, and in the past, when they were really successful, you just talked about their fan bases. Now they are small market teams, and they're sort of shunned aside. So if the Kansas City Royals have more computers than other people, or they know people that are more computer savvy, or their fans, um, their, their fans love MLB.com more than I love them. So I don't have a problem with <laughs> so it even, at all. Even some of the guys that like don't have the numbers to be all stars that could end their not just end up all stars, but in the starting lineup, you're okay with that. I'm okay with it because I, I, don't not. Know, I don't know that the All-Star game should be determining who's at home in the World Series to begin not. with. Yes. I, I don't believe that to be the case. Right. Um, it's an exhibition, and it's a fun exhibition. And if it's an exhibition that b- baseball fans you know, want to see, then let them vote. Don't rip it out. I remember hearing about I'm not old enough. I'm, I'm pretty old, but not old enough to remember the ballot stuffing in Cincinnati where there, there were some players whose I think their reputations were almost sullied by the commissioner pulling them out of the all-star game you know I'm, I'm i'm not crazy about that gus bell father of buddy bell one of the great families in baseball this guy's not an all there's one guy who overrules the fans and says this guy's not an all-star let the fans do what they do and if the um if an, if another team can find a way to get all their people in front of the computer, then, hey, have parties. Have all-night parties voting for your guys. Yeah, I mean, you make good points. I just, I, I was very much in favor of the in-stadium balloting going away, uh, first of all, because it's a good, tremendous waste of uh, resources and trees, but also because I felt like the teams that drew well had more of an advantage and were able to sneak guys in that maybe weren't as deserving as some of the guys who play for teams that don't really draw well. Um, so, but when I see what's happening now, I find that, I don't know, they might have to make some adjustments, even though it won't be bringing back in stadium balloting well, necessarily. But it goes on in the stadium. I mean, I've seen a course field where they have little voting booths where sure. people can sit there and plug in their Rockies and vote for those guys. I mean, right. let's face it, when you have fan balloting, there's going to be a certain number of fans who are going to look at all of the stats, and I'm sure there are some who have all their sabermetric charts and the war and peace or whatever the, whatever the signs are, whatever the um, acronyms are. And vote for their guys. So if somebody says, you know, I really love so and so, then that's fine. It's like I remember when I was little, there was a utility guy. He actually was a one-time All-Star named Tony Taylor. And the fact that he played for a whole bunch of teams and almost every position, I was fascinated by him. I would, you know, write his name in on the All-Star ballot for whoever he was playing for, the <laughs> Phillies or the Tigers or whatever. I don't have a problem with with, a, with fans attaching themselves to players. I mean, maybe the Royals can use this uh, to their betterment. Uh, hey, our fans really love us. Let's do something to make sure we stay in that World Series. Yeah, well, I, when I was a kid, I would take the bunch of ballots and I would just vote for Paul O'Neill like, you know, 20 times. But then I would stop <laughs> after 20. I'd, you know, go back to, like, doing what I was doing before, whether it was watching a baseball game or just living my life. I didn't sit and, you know, have 200 ballots of Paul O'Neill. It's like, yeah, 20. Yeah, you can do 20 pretty quickly. I mean, yeah, those punch-out ballots, I would punch-out ballots. And I'm like, wait a second here. I need to go out and throw some, you know, throw a ball against the wall and practice diving catches in the streets. That was that was what I did. So Yeah, it had nothing to do with Paul O'Neill being a great player, which he was, but he was really cute. So that's why I voted for him. You know, that was it. You know, I don't even know if Tony Taylor was cute, and I don't think I care, but you, you, I want you to look at the pictures and tell me next time, Tony Taylor, cute, not cute. I'm going to Google him as soon as we're done here. Okay. So, okay, Thomas, thank you so much. This has been highly entertaining, as I anticipated, so please come by a little more often if you can. Well, I'd love to. Have the schedule maker schedule us more. I mean, you, they, they took Houston from our league. I know, you know? I know. I, I, I've got to say something about that Houston Astros team out there. Okay. 
They're exciting. Yes. They're dynamic. They're athletic. Mm -hmm. I see them, and I'm and, and I'm wondering, is that where the Rockies are headed? That's where they need to be headed. And the other thing about the about the Houston Astros is, in the last couple of years, they've gone back to blue and orange. I love it. They look yes. like the Houston Astros. It's not like they're trying to blend in as the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, right. they look downright Enos Cabellian. Yes. Enos Cabellian, I yes. like that word. No, you're right, and they and I, hopefully they are going to stick with this color scheme for until the end of time. Yes, um, even if they change up the logos and do things for a marketing standpoint, but it would be nice because that those are representative of the Houston Astros. No doubt about it. Thank you, Thomas, very much. We will talk to you next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.